trade. But isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Don't worry, you don't have to listen to just me this morning. Our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is joining us. He'll break down what the Board of Trade is talking about this morning. Here in Wisconsin, what we're probably thinking about is the lack of progress when it comes to spring planting. The Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service issued their latest report, and indeed, only 1% of our corn in the ground as of Sunday. Right now, weather-wise, I think there's more people concerned about high floodwaters across the state and saturated fields than they are trying to get any field work started. Today we're going to have overcast skies, 50 are expected high. Wednesday, mostly cloudy, 55. Thursday, cloudy, 64. Friday, rain and 66. Saturday, rain and 55 degrees. Looks like for the next 10 days or so, we've got a chance of rain in the forecast pretty much every day. We'll get more details on that weather forecast. Stu Muck, our ag meteorologist, is joining us in just a little bit. Also, our friend Charity Seebecker is going to catch up with us as well. You know, even though farmers are not getting much planted, that does not mean that the insect population isn't building out there. She's going to focus in on one particular insect that might be bringing big population numbers this year in Wisconsin. Stick around for all that and more. The Steffes Group has been selling everything from the latest combines, tractors, and tillable farm acreage to hay and livestock the Steffes way since 1960. You see, the Steffes way is about doing business and working with people the right way. It's about trust, commitments, responsibility, and all those principles that are important to us in the work and the services we provide folks like you. To find out more about the Steffes way, go to steffesgroup.com right now. The Steffes Group, selling land and the equipment to farm it. The Steffes Way, since 1960. When it comes to rodeo, Wisconsin may not reach the level of Wyoming or Texas, but that doesn't mean we don't have some great rodeo cowboys and cowgirls from our state to root for. From the southern end of the Longest Barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. Chad Guckenberger is from Marshfield, Wisconsin. Like many people here in Wisconsin, he works a job in manufacturing and in his free time spends time with his family and children. But what is unique is much of his free time is spent traveling to rodeos, where Chad competes in team roping. The event requires two cowboys to ride their horses into the arena chasing a calf. One partner throws a rope to catch the head of the calf. That job is called a header, and that's what Chad does. The other part of the team attempts to rope the calf's back feet. That's called being a healer. And when Chad's healer ropes the calf, Chad not only celebrates a good score, but also gets to cheer on his 19-year-old son, who is on the other end of that rope. Clearly, roping is a family affair, but Chad, tell me, how did you even get started in rodeo? I grew up with my grandparents. I used to pick up at the LBW rodeos. Um, It's a small organization and get the kids started. They um, now start at six years old, and you can go until you're a senior in high school. So I started out doing that, following along, made one or two rodeos, finally got into the high school world, made it out to the high school finals all four years of my year, and then decided to get hooked up with a college coach. Um, Larry Irish out of Fort Scott, Kansas, talked me into getting my permit. And as we grew through and traveled, um, I was fortunate to fill my permit. Um, I started out and filled that my first year and qualified for the circuit finals on my permit going in um, my rookie year. So as you go, everything starts out as you're six all the way, all the way up and keep going until I am now. So even here in Wisconsin, there is multiple levels of rodeo, starting with the LBW, which is Little Britches Rodeo, on up to junior high and high school and even college level rodeo. 
But you mentioned a permit, and that's something that has to do with competing at the highest level called the Professional Rodeo Cowboys Association, or PRCA. So what does it mean to get a permit to compete in the PRCA, and how does someone get one? It goes based on your money earned. Um, you have to make a certain percentage or amount um, on both your for your permit to be considered as full. And once you get to that amount, then you can successfully buy your card um, and then advance and continue through. Gotcha. So once you fill that permit, you become an official PRCA member. Chad, you're a team roper. Tell me what that is and tell me a bit about your partner. Uh, the team roping, you have two people, a header and a healer. Um, it's kind of the relaxing sport out of all of them. It's kind of fun. Everybody can do it at all ages. Of course, you're seeing myself being the father and being lucky enough to hold my son. Um, so it's it's a family sport. It's very enjoyable. You can go through and team rope. Um, one turns the steer, the header, and then the other one is supposed to rope the back feet, which will be Justin, my son, and um, rope by two feet, and there's no penalties. Um, the one thing nice about team roping, they go through all different ranks and all ages can kind of compete at it. Justin, you're just working on filling the PRCA permit, but you've probably been roping with your dad for quite a while. Been roping since, with him since I've been pretty much can ride since Pony the, the big horses. And are you just roping with your dad or do you have other roping partners that you rodeo with? I'm just roping with my dad as for now, but never know. Might change off, might stay with him. Uh Oh, Dad, that sounds like it might be a bit of a warning for you. The PRCA is divided by area into different circuits so that competitors compete but not have to go so far from home. Here in the Midwest, it's called the Great Lakes Circuit. How many rodeos do you two try to hit each year in that circuit? I hope 15 so we make the Great Lakes finals. It depends. Uh, being the father, I got a full-time job as well, so that's where he might end up splitting. I have to go to a few more. I'm going to guess he'll probably hopefully hit 20-plus, and I'll be right at that 15 mark if it all goes well. The other thing going through with the permit, um, in high school, uh, Wisconsin high school, by winning your events at their state finals actually gives you an application to get your permit. So it's, it's a price reduction, so it's a really promoted within the state of Wisconsin quite heavily. Um, it's highly recommended for a high school sport. Some schools around the state letter and, and actually help as well So as you're going up. So we've been very fortunate that he ended up getting a percentage off on his permit to start. You two spend a lot of time at rodeos across the state. Tell me, which rodeos are your favorite? What rodeos should people make sure they get out to see? Oh, if you want to go see the, the high school finals in the middle of June there at Richland Center, I'd recommend that. It's a good family sport. You'll see the kids from freshmen to seniors trying to fight it out to get to the finals, which this year I believe is in Gillette, Wyoming. And um, it's a pretty, it's like going to any high school sport, watching the final, final four or the final sections. It's kind of fun to go watch. Um, another one is Amherst. Uh, they kind of got an LBW finals if you really want to um, get down on the age and get to the six-year-olds and start watching some younger ones. That's um, later in the year, but they kind of have a finals and kind of go through all their events and then have a short round as well. And then you get into the PRCA's highly recommended is, you know, in the summer, July 4th weekend's a big one. Manawa's always there shooting off their fireworks and having their chicken feed. And um, Spooner, you can never forget that one. And Iron River, Michigan, them are probably the big ones in the Great Lakes that are always fun. And Maryland one will be kicking off here, too. Um, they've done a lot, of, a lot of changes to the grounds, and it tends to be a pretty good entertainment for the family to go out to see. And how about you, Justin? What are your can't-miss rodeos? 
Tacoma High School one's coming up in a couple weeks here. That's, I think, the first week of May, and that's one of the best ones because normally snows most of the time there, and it's always fun to start off with good old Tacoma High School rodeo. There is Arcadia, Wisconsin. That is the junior high state finals, and that starts on a Friday night, and that's, I think that's the first week of June, and that's where the fifth through eighth graders compete for the top four in Wisconsin. It sounds like a lot of fun for families around the state to get out and watch not just the PRCA rodeos, but also the younger kids competing. You've been supporting your son as both his roping partner and his dad as he chases his dream. Tell me what it's like to compete alongside your son, Chad. Well, as any parent, um, letting your kids grow is tough and seeing them, you got to let them fail when they got to fail and you got to pick them up when you have to. So going through that, it's it's, it's fun. It's a struggle. Um, but when we got in the truck here, I said, this is a business now. You're 19 years old. You're no longer looking at dad. We're team roping partners. So if you need something from me, I got to help him as he's got to help me. So we got to work as a group, kind of like running our side business. So we rely on each other and we look at each other each day and continue to practice. And Justin, what's it like roping with your dad? It's always fun. The practices, we butt heads once in a while. But that's what makes us get better and learn from each other makes us accomplish faster we can pull checks faster i've been going with them to the mra rodeo associations and open rodeo since i've been 10 there's has been two that we haven't placed that and made money coming back you grew up watching your dad chase his dream and now he's here alongside you as you chase your dream is your dad a bit of a role model for you oh yeah he's always got good horsepower underneath us for me and my sister and my brother we always got good cattle to rope at home and practice pretty much every day we can from sun up to sundown chad as we wrap this up tell me one thing you want people to know about rodeo throughout the years you see people from the rodeo community <clears throat> community sit there and pull together it's not an easy sport if somebody's broke down the road you got more hands there to pick you up and take you out if you have a bad day there's always somebody in your back corner picking you up and keeping you going so um there's a ton of coaches out there and there's a lot of good people behind that sport and justin i gotta let the younger cowboy have the final word here what do you like most about the rodeo community meeting all the new different friends you make going to them all it's like just one big family time the day is over they're all all there for each other making sure everybody's got somebody pushing their stock or helping pull their bull ropes or everybody's there got good mounts most of the time if you need something it's all one big happy family that was chad and justin guckenberger a father and son team roping duo from marshfield wisconsin if you want to get out and check out a rodeo in your local community I'll be linking to some of the schedules of the different associations in the online story, so be sure to check out MidwestFarmReport.com to get more information. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When it comes to custom jewelry, get to know your Denny's jeweler. The way Denny's works custom is based on emotions and it's based on the clients, what they are feeling and wanting and looking for. And eventually it evolves into this piece of art. I'm Nick Denny. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers.
When it's time to get ready for spring, Blaine's Farm and Fleet is there to help with big savings on trusted brands like Milwaukee Tool. Right now, save $20 on an M18 cordless two-speed grease gun kit. It's $279.99. Stay safe on the job with 3M Digital Work Tunes Hearing Protection with AM-FM Radio, just $49.99. Pick up a DeWalt 5-horsepower 9-gallon wet-dry vac. It's $89.99. And save on an all-terrain hand truck with 12-inch wheels, just $99.99. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Your joints are talking to you, right? They're saying, hey, something's not right. You didn't listen because you thought the pain would go away in a week or two, but it's not going away. Football legend Emmett Smith knows you've got to listen to your body. Never ignore what it's telling you. And when it sends pain signals, don't wait. Get ahead. Stop it in its tracks with a visit to the nation's leader in joint pain relief. That's QC Kinetics. Yeah. They are way ahead of the curve in this pain treatment business. QC Kinetics says no to invasive surgeries and harsh drugs. They found a better, natural way to relief, using your body's own healing properties that you were born with. And it takes place same day, right in the office during your appointment. No surgeries and no downtime. Before that pain goes next level, get ahead of it. Go see QC Kinetics. Stop it in its tracks. Call QC Kinetics, 608-319-1750. That's 608-319-1750. 608-319-1750. Spreading farm information and occasionally manure. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. I don't think we're even going to be doing much of that, depending on where you are. Time to check in on what's shaking with the weather. And uh, Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us this morning. Honestly, I'm the only one that seems to be shaking. This weather just is not sitting well with me. I mean, I mentioned to you, I'm still carrying around a winter coat. Sometimes I don't need it, but most of the time, especially this time of the day, I do. Well, I see how many guys out and about wearing shorts now everywhere they go. Spring is here, Pam. Come on. I, You know, and yeah. it's fine. If you're wearing shorts to walk the dog, I get it. But I don't think anybody's tr- truly committed to summer attire just yet. Uh, <laughs> I like where the temperatures are going later this week, Stu. But I sure don't like this cloudy overcast stuff and the rain on the horizon. Right. And that's going to be one of our biggest concerns, Pam. I mean, the next couple of days, the clouds will come and go. And occasionally there is going to be some rain. Oh, it's not going to wash us out, not add to that uh, flood warning by any great measure. That's coming from further north upstream where there's still snow and ice melting. But let's talk about what shaped up. And number one is the fact that it still is a bit cool and low pressure is passing by off to our south. And this morning, the radar is still indicating scattered areas of light rain from southwest to southeast Wisconsin, uh, just a little south of Madison, almost in the metro area, and extending over toward Milwaukee and uh, further south. Now, most of the activity will slip east and end very quickly today. What I'm anticipating is that during the day, there's a better chance skies may even start to clear out somewhat, especially La Crosse, Mauston, over to Fond du Lac, even Beaver Dam, seeing a little more clearing today. Some sun, that should help. It should make it look a bit nicer. And believe it or not, will help those temperatures to be a degree or so warmer than yesterday. So a little improvement, but another weak system does try to zip in and there will be another chance for some of that precipitation again as we move on toward later in the week. In fact, maybe even as we make our way on through tonight in western Wisconsin, La Crosse and Mauston may have a really slight chance. More likely as we start moving on toward later Thursday or into the day Friday, a few scattered showers develop 
Not going to amount to much. I don't see a whole lot of rain being squeezed out of these systems, but there will be some occasional wet weather, and that means some clouds, of course, and temperatures that can't quite live up to their potential. So we do stay a little cooler, even as we head through the week. By Thursday, in spite of what could be a more cloudy day, I'd expect temperatures could very well hit the 60s. That's a lot more like normal for this time of the year. Sounds fantastic, but it's going to come with a few more clouds and then a little rain chance even late Thursday at La Crosse or as we make our way into Friday, almost anywhere else, scattered showers. Nothing much more than that, but a rain shower chance then lingers on and off right on into Saturday and Sunday. And along with it, cloudy skies and temperatures that you guessed it will be staying a little bit cooler once again, falling back toward the, the low 50s or even upper 40s for highs by later in the weekend that cool chilly and damp pattern that one will be continuing here as we make our way right on into next week i don't see the big turnaround extended guidance hasn't given me this great light at the end of the tunnel to say oh by this day it's going to improve tremendously still looks like that kind of unstable pattern into next week holding on with the clouds, the rain, and that cooler air. I'll have forecast details right after this. Explore the West with me. I'm Pam Yankee, inviting you to join us on our next agriculture adventure, August 14th through the 23rd, Glacier, Yellowstone, and Grand Tetons, the ultimate Northern Rockies tour with agricultural highlights that take us to a hops farm, a cattle ranch, and a dairy farm. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword Pam, to learn more about this tour and watch a travel show or call Call 888-557-1020 for a brochure. My name is Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. Depending on system size, typically 10 years is your payback. Then when you think about these, these systems that we're selling have 25-year warranties for everything, the panels, the inverters, the racking, and 25-year workmanship warranty from us, it's generally about 15, 16, 17 years of making money on your investment. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com and start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All righty, Stu, let's talk a little bit about the green that's popping up out there. You know, one thing, we didn't get a lot of corn planted or anything planted for that matter. Degree growing units are going to get to be our focal point. And we're not, we'll pick up more, but not as many as we'd like. Yeah, that's it. We need to warm things up a bit more. I mean, that soil has to warm up. That's a big one. Let's talk about the fact that there are some morning clouds, even a little rain in southern and southeast Wisconsin. That will be ending. Call it a mostly cloudy day, but I'd say partly sunny skies try to spread in from west to east, La Crosse to Fond du Lac at least, and expect daytime temps that should be in the very upper 40s, a few low 50s, and the northeast winds at 5 to 10. Partly cloudy overnight, back toward the upper 20s or very low 30s, east winds at 5. Some sunshine Wednesday, great, fantastic, in the low or maybe a mid-50 in the west. Winds become southeast at 5, and then there's Thursday. I'll call it partly sunny, more clouds in the west, even a little rain late in the day, La Crosse or Mauston. Temps, though, into the 60s, low 60s, with the south winds at 5 to 15. Then that rain chance, Pam, for Friday and Saturday, and it does cool off heading for the weekend. Uh, always got to... Got to hang on until we get to Friday before it starts developing. Love it. Well, well it's spring. All of a sudden, this too will turn. I believe it. I believe it. We'll catch up tomorrow and see if it starts to happen, okay? All right. See you then. Stu our Ag Meteorologist, with those weather details for you. Thank you, Linda, from Reeseville. Quarter of an inch of rain 
in her rain gauge past 24 hours time. I know <laughs> not exactly what you want to be talking about, but again, I appreciate it. The talk text line, again, 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. You can't change the price of gas or groceries, but you can change the amount of your energy bill. Benjamin Plumbing is now a certified dealer of Renai tankless water heaters. The number one tankless water heater in North America. They're up to 40% more energy efficient and provide endless hot water. Stop wasting tons of energy keeping 40, 50, even 75 gallons of water hot day and night with your old water heater. Call Benjamin Plumbing today and learn more about the new state-of-the-art, energy-efficient Renai tankless water heaters, including a factory-extended warranty. Save money with endless hot water for your home with a new Renai water heater from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. At Berkshire Automotive, we have a non-commissioned sales team, which is a polite way to say we don't really care whether you buy a practical Equinox, the rugged Silverado, or the speedy new Corvette. You've been told no before? Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. At Bergstrom Automotive, we teach our people to take no out of the vocabulary. Is no in your vocabulary? Uh, no. No isn't a thing at Bergstrom Automotive. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family for the yes. Join the Bergstrom Automotive family. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank-you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman for Ever Ready Electric. Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working for Ever Ready, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family. Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are Ever Ready. 
Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Hi, it's Preston from Window World. Today's story comes to us from a frustrated homeowner. Mother Nature was crafty, her plan was plotted. My windows are drafty, they're broken and rotted. I need new windows installed the right way. I want the best quality and can't overpay. Window World's process was easy and seamless. Best decision ever. Boy, I'm a genius. Call Window World today and be your story's hero. You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs. Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment, tomsautocenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service. Tom's Auto Center. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Then you're at the spring game on Saturday. How'd that feel? I was inside for that. That was so pretty warm. It was, it was awesome to be inside. I bet it, it was. was. I'll joke about it. It was objectively hilarious. What, that, Tanner Mordecai sucking? No, the second the first team offense got on the field, it started relentlessly snowing. So it's like your bit. Will Phil Longo's offense work in this weather? Well, it's... it's And here's the thing. It didn't. It's like Mother Nature listens to the show. And reads your tweets. And it ended up getting nice later. But it's as if Mother Nature knows about the the narrative we're trying to push here. And no, it didn't work. But that's it's not the reason it didn't work. Because the defense was too good? Was that the reason? I rewatched it again last night. And... I don't want to draw conclusions on this is one practice. The, of 13 so and far. And I do very much believe the reports that the offenses look good in other practices, but there are growing pains. I think the thing that concerned me is as practice got longer and longer, the line play regressed, which is bad. They could run the ball pretty well, and Braylon looked good. But M- M- Mordecai... Looked like Mertz on Saturday. Oh, God. That's all I'll say. What? He so was walking on. Mordecai to- looked like Graham Mertz? Well, it, well <laughs> Graham Mertz, if Graham Mertz could run very well. He was locking on to everybody. He looked he looked really bad. So what you're saying, so the saying Mertz coin is in the tank. No. Yeah, yeah, a, are we dumping your Mertz coin? It's tanking. It's a scheduled dip. Uh, Ebo, you know a thing or two about crypto. There are There are moments where it might look bleak. But those that hold listen, out hope, listen, brother. Sometimes, listen here, brother. Get rewarded. My Dogecoin's been looking pretty bleak for a long time well, now. That's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Sometimes it can rebound. I cashed out on Bitcoin years ago, and it was the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. No, but the, they the put in the equity in my house. Defense looked quite good. I. It must be said that they also are now used to playing against this offense and likely have somewhat of a of rhythm to stop it. Because the offense goes so fast, I don't know how the defense. The defense was so well set up and schemed and planned, even with the snaps coming every five seconds, which is good. But they're used to it now. Did you I, think it was funny that Big Ten Network 
weren't allowed into the press box because it was being revamped, and they made them sit in the elements. Yeah, they were right under the press box. Isn't that funny? Somewhat. Make those make those nerds earn their money to that for that day. It's it it was it was not what you wanted to see. The offense just laying an egg. You could kind of hear a big guttural moan every time an interception happened, which normally the the reaction would be, oh, what a great play by the corner, because there were some great plays by the secondary. Ricardo Hallman was balling. In this setting, everybody wanted explosive passing plays, and it didn't happen. Was it, um, so the university said 20,000 people had reserved their tickets earlier last week, 10,000 showed up. Do you think the weather just scared people off? Yes. Yeah. It, it was It was cold as hell. A little windy, cold. Yes. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest of days. It was snowing. There were a bunch of people there in the beginning that, that started to file out when it got brutal out there. Did you get your uh, any old Dutch chips? I did. No comment. How, bi- how big was the bag? Small snack size bag, big bag, party a- size bag? Average size bag. Like a- Average like what? Like the, are you getting the sack lunch or like you go to the store and you get like an average? Right in the middle. In between the party size and the snack size, the average size? Yes. So like more than like 10 chips? 70% air. The the middle bag. Mm-hmm. So it's like a little smaller. Yep. So one right above the snack size. Yeah, they were chips. Originals? I don't know what they were. It was a <laughs> blend of ingredients, is what they called it. Did you get a Pepsi as well? It was barbecue adjacent. No, I don't. Drink, <laughs> I, don't I know you don't. I don't drink it either. But they said just old Dutch chips and Pepsi for everyone that stuck around. All supplies lasted. Yeah, I don't drink soda, so I did not get a Pepsi. Well, I was just curious to say you didn't stick around. I was curious if they had the, the was, small, the small size or the like the normal. Pepsi. I cannot comment on the matter. Pepsi's garbage, anyways. I did not see any Pepsi's. It's terrible. Anything else, Ben, from uh, the launch? Was there a rocket Tuesday night when? Well, <laughs> the offense went through a rapid, unscheduled disassembly, similar to the SpaceX rocket. As soon as they got on the on the field. Uh, on Tuesday, I'm going to compare Hunter Wohler to a to a, a a red light camera. I'm sorry, Hunter Wohler, the safety. No, I understand who that is. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to make a comparison between him and a red light camera. Oh, red light camera. Yeah, in a good way. Okay. So that's coming up Tuesday night. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Don't forget rainfall reporters. I appreciate you letting me know what kind of rainfall you're picking up. Maybe not today, but through the course of the week. We've got a chance almost every day. Cloudy skies today and 50 degrees. Cloudy skies tomorrow and 55. Cloudy on Thursday and 64. And then the rain possibility picks up on Friday with a daytime high right around 66 degrees. Remember that talk text line that's available to you anytime you want to use it. 877-301-FARM. That means you can call it and leave a voice message or you can text it. Either way, you're communicating directly with me and the staff. That's 877 877- 301 farm 877-301-3276. So today is the 25th day of April. On this day, back in 2011, the largest tornado outbreak ever recorded in the United States. 348 people in six states were killed during this tornado outbreak, which encompassed a total of 358 confirmed tornadoes on this day back in 2011. On this day in 1996, then-Governor Tommy Thompson 
signed the W-2 Wisconsin Works Program into law. It made Wisconsin the very first U.S. state to replace a benefits-based welfare system with a requirement that recipients work to get aid. W-2 then formed the basis for national welfare reform, but it started here in Wisconsin on this day back in 1996. Happy birthday today to actor Al Pacino. He's 83. Hank Azaria, 59. And actress Renee Zellweger celebrating her 54th birthday. And now you know. Well, like I said, not a lot of planting done in the past seven days' time. I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to be surprised by those numbers. 1% of our corn in the ground as of Sunday. 15% of our oats have been planted. 13% of our potatoes are already in the ground. Now, most of those numbers are ahead of where we were last year, but starting to fall behind on our five-year average. All this moisture is keeping our winter wheat looking pretty good. 74% of that crop called good to excellent. That's up 9% from last week. 47% of our pastures are in good to excellent condition, up 4% from a week ago. But boy, you don't want to have cattle out on them if they're as muddy as most fields have been. So there you see it. Not a tremendous amount of progress on corn or soybean plantings, but uh, we're still Uh, in the window of opportunity, shall we say. And despite the fact that there's not been a lot of wheels turning in our farm fields, that doesn't mean that insect populations aren't building. Charity Seebecker joins us this morning with one particular insect that Wisconsin farmers are going to need to keep an eye on. Corn rootworm, a pest which causes over a billion dollars worth of damage annually across the United States and has crept up in numbers in Wisconsin. I'm Charity Seebecker from the Midwest Farm Report. Emily Bick, UW-Madison entomology professor, explains what we can expect this year from this pest and how farmers can take proactive measures to mitigate its impact on their crops. Corn rootworm is highly, highly aggregated, which means it's highly field and region dependent. Uh, so because it's dependent on previous years, crops specifically on uh, years and years of corn on corn, um, it's really hard to tell based off of previous years uh, scouting and uh, over across a region if your field specifically will have a corn rootworm issue. However, if you've had rootworm issues in the past and you've dug some roots and you've checked the node score there, then you could be pretty certain that the adults are back and that they've laid eggs and that you'll have another issue this year. And for folks who maybe aren't familiar with rootworm, can you remind us of what they do to a crop and why they are such a problem? Yes. So corn rootworm, what they do is they overwinter as eggs. And in the spring, probably in a couple months, uh, two months or so from now, uh, they emerge as larvae in the soil. And the larvae are root feeding. Um, And by feeding directly on the roots, it causes all sorts of lodging issues, as in the the crop tends to fall over. Uh, But it also causes uh, a much weaker corn system as the plant isn't able to get the nutrients that it needs. Is the weather that we've had in the past few weeks conducive for rootworm? We're actually okay right now. So the threshold for egg hatch is something like 52 degrees, and we need to have multiple days of the soil being above 52 degrees. Uh, so I just looked on the a chart, on a chart across the state of Wisconsin, and we should be good for another month or so. The larvae are what's doing the damage, but what about the adults? Are they as much of an issue as well? So the larvae are definitely the primary damaging stage to the plant. However, adults can certainly get out of hand. 
and that's particularly during the summer months. So I think July and August, uh, the adult corn rootworm beetles uh, can feed on the leaves, uh, damaging the plant health, feed on the silks of the corn, um, damaging the corn crop itself, uh, cause all sorts of defoliation and interference with pollination. Um, I would argue that it's almost more important, though, that they are then laying eggs and causing essentially next year's issue. Rootworm is adaptive to repetitive pest management, so crop rotation can help be a solution for that. But what are some other management practices that can help solve the corn rootworm problem if somebody has it? Yes, so you mentioned crop rotation, and I do want to start by saying that western corn rootworm has actually evolved a solution to crop rotation. It actually, some percentage of western corn rootworm has something called an extended diapause. Diapause is basically uh, hibernation for insects. Uh, So they can essentially, even if you're rotating uh, one year, let's say corn, the next year into soy, they might still be able to emerge the following year. So it's a trickier pest, especially the western corn rootworm, uh, than we typically think about. Uh, However, when we're targeting the larva specifically, we really don't have a rescue solution. We can start with some GMO corn plants that have a Bt cryoprotein uh, sliced into their DNA. However, there's some major resistance on the rise with the Bt corn. Um, The other solution is applying an in-furrow soil insecticide. And data seems to suggest right now that this works a little bit better than the corn genotypes these days. But of course, uh, resistance is on the rise. And I think you hit the nail on the head that uh, crop rotation really is the best possible solution. Now, if you're doing corn on corn on corn year after year, uh, it's probably best to target the adults so that you can uh, disrupt this life cycle as you go through. That was Emily Bick, UW-Madison entomology professor. To learn more about pest ecology for field and forage crops, go to BicLab.com. From the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Charity Seebecker. Where are you getting your fertilizer this year? Just about anywhere you look, it's going to cost more. And you may even find it's harder to get when you need it. It sure would be nice to have a better source of crop nutrients. Believe it or not, you do. It's your soil. Source from Sound Agriculture unlocks more of the nutrients already in your fields, so you can add less fertilizer while getting the yield you're counting on. It's such a solid backup plan, you'll probably find yourself wondering why Source wasn't the plan all along. Visit sound.ag to learn more. Lots of red ink this morning in Chicago. Right now, December corn is up a penny at 548, but November beans are down to at 1274. July wheat down to at 655 a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped two and a quarter cents down to 153. 40-pound block cheese was down seven at 168, and double-A butter was unchanged. Keep an eye on this milk price. May milk down eight right now, 1681 a hundredweight. June down six at 1753 a hundredweight. In fact, that may be one of the topics we're talking about next when John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joins us. And obviously, we cannot ignore that we're almost to the end of April, and there are not a lot of corn in the ground around Wisconsin. What's happening elsewhere? John will address all that more coming your way next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There goes Pam Yankee across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to the Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, promoting Wisconsin's world-class dairy products since 1983. Look for their proudly Wisconsin badge on dairy products. And to Cleary Building Corp., 
They protect what you value. Visit clearybuilding.com to see the Cleary difference. Keep up with Pam at midwestfarmreport.com and on Facebook and Twitter. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert, Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Let our family help your family. This is Matt Gunderson, and this is Elmer. <laughs> our canine cuddle ambassador, here to provide good-natured, loving, fuzzy support to further our level of personal care. Someday you might meet Elmer as we assist you with an individual life celebration. Let our family help your family. Visit GundersonFH.com. Over 100 years as your hometown life celebration center. Bringing home the bacon, literally. This is the Midwest Farm Report. Glad you're along with us. <laughs> Tuesday morning, I'm talking so much with John Heinberg. I'm forgetting I'm also pushing buttons, taking care of things that way as well. So let's uh, talk about what's going on with our friend. Uh, whoops, hang on a second. Hang on a second here. We've got to do some things here. <laughs> like I said, John, let's talk about the Crop Progress Report. That's something that I feel more comfortable about than trying to run this program here. Uh, we kind of lament that Wisconsin's not farther along, but other areas of the United States have done a little bit better as far as the planting progress, huh? Uh, yeah, let's look at those numbers. Uh, corn planting, 14%, uh, you know, up, up obviously over the week. You know, it's about 3% above the five-year average. Same thing on the soybean side, 9%, uh, up a few points, but it's about 4% above, 5% above the five-year average. So where we're seeing the movement, just kind of like we thought in the south and the west, you know, we're seeing some decent jumps there. But, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, North Carolina got, the, you know, some of the bigger movement. But they even, you know, in terms of corn planting, Illinois added another 8% to get to 18% done. You know, it's, and from talking to producers in that area, even though it was cold, Older, they still were able to push on because things were, you know, conditions were good enough to go. Obviously, we're not seeing anything here in the north and the northwest or in the northeast and, or excuse me, northwest with terms of the weather. You know, Wisconsin at one percent. We were that last week, so obviously no progress there. Again, North Dakota, South Dakota, not seeing minimal, seeing any movement whatsoever. And those areas we're going to be really keeping an eye on. 
you know, same thing with Minnesota. Uh, so you know, progress is kind of where we thought it would be. Now the key will be as we give it into the month, you know, into May here. Does do we get some stuff going in those northern regions? Weather forecasts seem like they want to start turning around a little bit here, but again, we're not not looking at any major periods of warm weather coming at us here short in the short term. Yeah, that's uh, that's the thing is uh, it's it's not just us. It's a couple other acres that are being impacted as well. Let's leave that one alone for a little while, John, because um, my sense is we've got more urgent conversations regarding dairy that have to start happening. Uh, you know, we were pretty comfortable fourth quarter of 2022. Uh, as expected, the front part of 2023 now is starting to go sour on us. Give me your perspective on what's been happening, what's driving these milk prices down. Well, again, it's a situation we just got a, way too much supply coming at us here. Producers continue to add cattle into the their operations, and we're even though demand is decent, it's not enough to pull through these you know the, the glut of milk or the milk supplies that are out there. You know, as we saw, cheese prices tumble yesterday. Block block prices down seven cents under the dollar seventy level. You know, obviously that pulled right into the front end of the milk market, putting in new lows again yesterday. So we we need to see here if this thing can find some footing, but it sure feels like we're on a slippery slope. You know, you go look at the last milk production report for the month of March, we're up another 0.6%. That's after a 1% jump in milk production off the February report. But the biggest thing I see is we added 44,000 more cows in the last month. Again, that's 6,000 more than we had in the February totals. And then February saw a nice jump, about 50,000 heads. So we're bringing cattle in and again, and production stays strong. So there's plenty of supplies available now you look at what the u.s dairy export council has been putting out there for numbers like you know export values were strong in january february numbers are a little weaker some of that's a reflection of the global economy also just the increased competition from europe and new zealand you know taking some of that business away from us so again it's a situation we've got the product we've got the supplies but the prices just aren't there to you know keep this product moving and compete against the globe at this time frame and unfortunately that puts the milk market on a bit of a slippery slope here yet as we move into the middle half of the year. What people also probably should understand, John, is although we're not talking about it in Wisconsin, there are many states that are that are dumping milk. I know when uh, they had that big barn fire down in Texas, I was told by several different sources that Texas has routinely been dumping milk. So, I mean, even if it's not happening in Wisconsin, it is still happening in the dairy industry. Yes, it is. You know, that was actually one of the questions posed to me by, by another group about that fire and you know, what was the impact could it possibly be in the milk market. And the impact was minimal because, again, Texas was already dumping some of the milk. So, yeah, it was a dramatic experience in terms of uh, the news event and the loss of the animals in that fire. But in terms of the milk production side of it, it's just a minimal impact of any, you know, maybe more regional, you know, so you just kind of watch the situation where those milk supplies are just continuing to grow. And, and, you know, just from reading the comments from processors, there's no rush to find anything right now because there's just plenty of supply available. And unfortunately that's, you know, the result of it is that milk gets put down the drain and uh, no place for it to go. Do we have anything new uh, in construction or coming online as far as processing soon? 
I don't hear anything at this time frame. And, you know, that's the biggest thing. And, again, unfortunately, we've kind of gone through a whole cycle through with the COVID year two and the people staying at home. And we saw the milk prices and our milk fluid, uh, fluid milk can jump up. But we're kind of back in that same trend again now where things are trending lower in terms of fluid milk uh, consumption. And then on top of that, we're also hitting that window. Schools are going to be stepping out here pretty soon. So some of the bottling and things that need to happen for the schools and those systems are obviously going to be back or coming to an end for a while and that just adds to the pile of milk that's available and i'm just and again i i always hate to kind of focus on california but i mean if it's if it's ugly bad here it's got to be just almost catastrophic out there you know, very much so. And then you throw in the margins that are in front of uh, the producers right now in terms of feed costs. It's just starting to turn into a very ugly picture at this time frame. And, and it's going to be very difficult here. And that's some of the reason, again, we keep seeing cows come into production. One of the thing, one of the ways to manage things is just bring a few more animals in to make the milk check a little bigger. But it just puts the market into one of those ugly cycles where we got more cows, we get more production, we got more pressure, pressure on prices. And until something can kind of break here in terms terms of uh, either either the demand side of the equation or, again, something on that production side to slow things down. It just kind of builds this pile, and that just, again, keeps things on a downtrend. You know, I still look at the back half of the year. We still got $19 on the board here. But, again, those charts just look extremely weak with new lows again yesterday, and the, and the prices continue to want to erode away for producers. I guess the only positive right now is if if you got to sell a cow at least the beef market is sustaining yeah the beef market's still extremely strong cattle and feed report came out here on friday and you know we saw even though numbers were a little bit above expectations it's still a friendly report when we're down four and a half percent or 4.4 percent from last year in total cattle in the feedlots so again that just continues to keep a tight supply in front of us on the beef side you know we'll have to watch cash prices here things kind of tailed off a little bit last week some of that i think was just the way the market was acting a little bit of selling quickly before the report kind of came at us but packers continue to have producers pull cattle forward weights continue to decline retail values are still high and the consumer continues to pay for it at this time frame but we're watching this window here as we move into may that's kind of where we get our spring peak in retail values so we could be at a spot here things could be maybe peaking out just because of the cycle of the market but again those cattle numbers are still extremely thin overall and that's going to probably keep some support under this, this market as we move further into the year. John Heimberg along with us this morning, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Get them online, totalfarmmarketing.com or give them a call, 800-334-9779. 800-334-9779. Have a good week, John. Sounds good. Have a great week.